step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to DST Radio, where we feature best-in-class insight and opinion from thought leaders and practitioners in the healthcare industry to help you stay informed to make the best decisions. This is DST Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Welcome back. My guest today is A.J. Alley. He's Vice President of Clinical Operations for Argus Health where he oversees the company's clinical affairs, formulary, clinical program development, clinical operations, and pharma services. AJ, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Todd. Just to get us kicked off, AJ, could you give us a quick sketch of your background? Sure. I'm a pharmacist by background. I've been in the managed care industry for about 20 years. I've been fortunate to be on the delivery side, where I've been innovating the healthcare delivery system to improve patient care and patient quality. Thanks, AJ. Could you give us a quick overview of Argus Health? Sure. Uh, Argus Health is part of the DST family. And within the healthcare segment, um, Argus Health has a, a mission and vision statement as follows. Um, Argus Health uh, vision is to be the premium provider of pharmacy and healthcare solution. And the way we achieve that, Todd, is by helping our customers who are primarily payers achieve the best possible outcome at the most appropriate price. What we really wanted to get into today, AJ, was the whole issue of opioid overuse and misuse. Could you just give us an overview from your perspective, just how big an issue is it and what's the nature of of the overall opioid overuse problem? Yeah, that is um, actually a sad state uh, within our healthcare system. And most common folks really don't realize how significant this is because it's been a kind of a hidden, has been hidden under the radar for many years now. If you look at the U.S. population, for those who are taking um, opioid medication, about half of them are actually misusing uh, opioid medication. If you look at the deaths that actually occur from opioid overuse, there are more deaths from opioid overuse than car accidents in the U.S. every year. That's just, I've seen that statistic and I just, it shocks me every time. It's hard to believe. It is. It's very shocking and it's a very sad state. I mean, you probably, most people just look at, you know, the new, the media and they see, you know, celebrities who have, uh, who had unfortunate incident from opioid overuse. But the challenge is if you look at the drugs that are being stored within the household, you know, 60% of Americans actually who are keeping medication within their home have opioids in their medicine closet. And that results, as you can imagine, from misuse from other other unintended consequences when that when that occurs. You say unintended consequences. It's just an interesting choice of words. Is most of the overuse accidental, or what's your sense of that? I think it's a combination. One of the challenge is that many patients who overuse opioids don't realize they're actually overusing it because of the addiction you know, potential of these agents. The other challenge is that Many patients who overuse opioids are also taking other harmful substances that makes the 
consequence of taking opioids worse. So, for example, if you know if a, if a patient is taking you know benzodiazepines, which are a common medication for anxiety and sleep, they have increased their risk for an overuse or an overdose. If the patient had prior history of taking high dose of opioid and are at risk for addiction, again, that results in a higher risk for overdose without them even knowing it. What other kind of individuals are, are at a higher risk or what kinds of things can both individuals and healthcare professionals be aware of to at least identify someone that may be at risk for overuse? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I would say, you know, kind of a couple categories. The first, obviously, is the history. If the patient has a history of overuse or overdose, you know, that's a, a first sign. If they have, if they have that history, and that's very common. You know, one in, in six patients who are taking opioid medications fall in that category. Like I said, concomitant medication use. So those who are taking benzodiazepine, again, very high risk of potential harms related to opioid use. You know, some patients who typically who are not tolerant. So when they, in the prior use, they became non-tolerant and then they're now starting a high dose opioid, those patients can also be at high risk. And then some others are those who are just taking a higher dose. If you look at, you know, some, some studies published, more patients are higher risk when they're taking more than 50% of a morphine equivalent opioid dose. And, you know, if you look at the CMS guideline, that's way below the CMS guideline, which is right now at 120 milligram, and that's going up to 200 milligram. So a higher dose is not, you know, as high as, as most people think. There, another aspect of that that comes to mind, AJ, is the, the there are some retail pharmacies offering or planning on offering uh, free naloxone without any kind of prescription. It, it strikes me that, that that's kind of a risky proposition, isn't it? It seems that way, but however, I think the intention is right. So several of the of the large change, what they have done is they've worked with the State Board of Pharmacy and set up standing prescription orders, and that allow them to dispense uh, naloxone, which is a, a reversal agent, you know, for opioid overuse or abuse. And by having that standing order, they're allowed to dispense the, the medication at no cost either the caregiver or the patient themselves. If I combine these two trains of uh, thought that we've been on here, what kind of steps should folks take or perhaps family members as well to be aware uh, of an individual that's that's at risk and then what to do and when to do it? How can folks get a better idea of getting control of overuse or misuse? I mean, I think one is awareness. I think they need to understand some of the symptoms, ensure that that individual who's taking opioid is under care of a physician. Because oftentimes what we see is that the opioid use occur without supervision of a physician care. It goes beyond the care or beyond the, the, the treatment length that typically the physician may or may, may recommend. So that's one, I think, is making sure that that is actually occurring versus them using it on their own or using it on an as-needed basis, which is very common. The other, I would say, you know, is around when you spot a potential uh, issue on, on overuse or misuse is the action that they take. And there are several health services within the state that can support, um, a, you know, whether it's a local county um, health office or their local physician office or even the pharmacy. The pharmacists are now trained to help some of these patients 
who may exhibit certain signs of uh, overdose or over or misuse. Shifting gears a little bit, AJ, share your perspective on the utilization management guidelines. I mean, they're getting updated pretty much continuously. Are, are we in good shape with that? Bad shape with that? What do you think? Yeah, there's some controversy on, um, on the various changes. So, you know, the FDA has updated all the labels for the opioid medicine to add more restrictions and expose some of the risks associated with opioid use. So most of the manufacturers now are were asked to be more stringent in how those medications are being used. The CDC has updated the guidelines uh, around how physicians should be prescribing the medicine. And then, of course, now you heard of the pharmacies taking action on their own. Right. In fact, more recently, a bill was passed um, by Congress and the, and the president signed it just 48 hours ago. And essentially, this applied to Medicare patients where now, um, you know, the payers, uh, the plan sponsors who um, with Medicare beneficiaries are asked that if they're able to identify patients who are at risk or abuse, they're required now to lock in that patient to use one pharmacy and one prescriber, because that's one of the risks, another risk with um, identifying potential overuse is one of, once a patient becomes addicted and they, the physician or the pharmacy or their caregiver becomes aware of it, they typically try to circumvent you know, those, those um, oversight by seeking um, additional prescriptions from multiple providers and multiple pharmacies basically trying to circumvent the system. So now the payers are being asked or that they have the, you know, the, as part of the, how they manage the plan to lock in these patients to one pharmacy and one provider. And by doing so, you'll have much more control, much more oversight in managing the patient and ensure they get the right care. Any other specific recommendations that you share or that Argus Health shares regarding utilization management? It's, I mean, it's a heck of a, a challenge to get a good program in place. It is. In fact, I think there's two approach, you know, or maybe there's three, uh, if you, if how you break this up. So the first, I think, is really how are we able to know for new users uh, with, who are starting opioids medication, how do we ensure that we're able to identify them and monitor them over time. So, you know, we have seen states taking action around monitoring. I think all states have a monitoring program with the exception of Missouri. And monitoring program can actually help prevent and avoid overuse and potentially overdose. So that's one, is really having a, a program to track, you know, longitudinally the patient from start to therapy over time. The second is identifying patients who become at risk or who are at risk for overdose or misuse. So this is now taking action where you're intervening on the patient behalf with their providers and caregivers to help them receive proper care, especially if they meet one of the risk factors that I told you about. If they're taking concomitant medications like the benzodiazepines or muscle relaxants or amphetamines, all of those are at risk. So so there's ways that using the analytics um, at Argus, we're able to identify and predict those patients who may become at risk. And then last but not least is once those patients are identified at risk, is really helping them get back on track, which is a much more difficult um, effort than identifying them before they become at risk or overuse. Yeah, always difficult to catch up after the fact as opposed to heading off the problem before you it happens. Exactly. 
AJ, are there any particular innovations that you see that are upon us maybe really soon that are going to have a significant impact? Yeah, Todd, there's one in the pharma industry, and this is around, you know, the formulation of the opioid medications. So one of the challenges, you know, with opioids is, is the addictive properties. And as you know, we do have naloxone to help reverse it. But the challenge is most people don't get to naloxone until it's too late. So one of the innovations I see pharma really developing is, is basically combining the naloxone with the opioid medication. And the way it works through this formulation, in theory, is that if the patient, when they're taking this medicine, if they were to overuse or misuse the medication, the naloxone component of the medication actually is triggered and kicked in. You know, there's more to, to explore on that, but I thought that concept is quite innovative where you're basically providing a reversal agent with the opioid medication. So you get the pain relief, but you also reverse or potentially minimize the effect of overuse or um, abuse, in this case, um, addiction. So I thought that's very innovative, and I commend you know, the, the uh, pharmaceutical industry for, for thinking outside the box on that. Boy, that certainly is outside the box. It strikes me as one of those relatively simple ideas. Once you hear the idea, it seems obvious, but that... I'm anxious to see what kind of impact that'll have. Same here. Thank you. As you look into the future, AJ, what kind of techniques or technologies or perhaps medications, even additional legislation, what do you see coming down the road that's going to be important? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to, you know, getting the right patient and the right medicine at the right time. It's the same old concept that we've been talking about for a while now. And this is really getting down to ensuring that you know, for the one in six patients, U.S., or I should say one in six of the U.S. population who will eventually be on an opioid or take this medicine, how do we make sure that, you know, we, there is a, a more stringent program to basically start therapy and end therapy? And I don't think that exists right now for the opioid class of drugs. It's almost like the antibiotic, you know, back in the old days when, you know, you got a, you got an, you know, upper respiratory tract infection. And you got to take the full course of a 10-day and you're monitored and tracked to make sure that, you know, the bug has been eradicated and you're not going to go back on another 10-day to become resistant to the, to the bacteria. Right. It's a similar approach here where we need a much more stringent approach in how we manage the, you know, the, the patients who are being treated with opioid and how we get them off the medica- medication when they no longer need it. AJ, we're running short on time here, but before I let you go, I want to make sure that folks know how to get a hold of you, how to uh, study what Argus Health has to offer, and just keep up with all of the developments in this whole really large, large issue of opioid overuse and misuse. How can folks get a hold of you and get more information? Yeah, our website actually has a great link, and you can contact us directly from our website or, or contact directly through our sales organization. So I, I encourage them to do so directly to the DSD um, Argus website. AJ Alley, Vice President of Clinical Operations for Argus Health. Thanks for taking the time to share your expertise and insight. Very enlightening. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. That wraps today's episode. On behalf of my guest, AJ Alley, I'm Todd Youngblood. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to DST Radio. For more information or questions, please visit our website at dstsystems.com. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 